and welcome to the second series of Founder Chats, the podcast from Be Purple, the University of Brighton's entrepreneurship support service. In our first series, we talked mostly about the early stages of startup, and I interviewed eight founders of diverse businesses to get their tips and advice on starting up. In series two, we look at what happens once your business is up and running, and we look to the experiences of entrepreneurs behind some well-established businesses. First up is Darren Fell, Managing Director of Crunch Accounting. Darren set about shaking up the accountancy industry in 2009 when he started the online accounting service Crunch. Having already founded and sold an email marketing software company called Pure360, Darren felt inspired and ready to take on a new market with his disruptive approach and big vision. I met Darren down at his office in Telecom House Brighton, which was somewhat fitting considering that Darren spent the early years of his career in the telecoms business, and that was where he discovered his entrepreneurial restlessness. Here's Darren. All right, Darren, do you want to start off by telling us about Crunch? What is it? What does Crunch do? Uh, When was it founded? How many staff have you got? Just give us a bit of a brief history of Crunch to date. Um, Crunch is rather unique. Um, It's an accountancy firm. It's a fintech firm. Um, It helps uh, freelancers and contractors create their business and, and get off the ground. It's a community. It's so many different things, but fundamentally it's seen by, by the outside world as a, an accountancy firm with a packaged cheap monthly price with various tiers, uh, affordable accountancy, uniquely with an account manager and an accountant on the end of the phone, and a system to automatically tot up your tax so you know exactly where you are, and it does the VAT return, and it does all of the year-end annual accounts. Okay. So that is what Crunch is. We are an accountancy firm at a low monthly price. Okay. And how long have you been around and has that, what you are, has that evolved over time or did you set out to create what Crunch is today? Um, Madly enough, I set out to create exactly what Crunch is today. We started off in 2007 thinking about it, just the tail end of me considering getting out of Pure 360, my my first startup. And I wanted to challenge the the old accountancy world um, in the way it delivered. My my accountant had been great initially in the first meeting, so knowledgeable, uh, knew so much about tax, brilliant, I'm going to choose you. Then progressively, as I put calls in, I go, well, this is this has come, this letter's come from HMRC, what should I do about that? No calls followed for weeks afterwards. And I realised there was a massive issue in the world of accountancy, not necessarily the software world, of which there then, in 2009, there was the start of all the cloud accountancy softwares coming out. Um, and, I, and I felt that if we, if, we'd, if we created an online system that helped uh, invoice or reoccurring invoicing, uh, you know, uh, apps that could grab pictures of receipts and drop them in through optical character recognition, um, but the accountancy side solved that what appeared to be an inability to scale that practice uh, and deliver an amazing customer level of support for the, the small and the micro uh, businesses out there. Uh, and, and as I started looking into the, the whole project, you realised that accountants had what I call a magpie effect of looking for the next bigger, greatest, high net worth individual or PLC. Um, they, would, they would be arms open trying to grab this business, but wouldn't necessarily follow it up with more chartered accountants to support it or more bookkeepers or more people that their customer service would, would drop off. Yeah. So the, the original premise was to 
challenged the old world of accountancy delivery with a low monthly price which we launched in 2009 at £59.50 a month that was all of the online software, an account manager, an accountant and everything for that micro business Mm -hmm. or for, what was that, £700 a year. Okay, okay. Um, oh good, that's a good good overview of what you what you do. Um, you well, um, I was fortunate to have a little bit of a tour before I came in here and yeah. sort of got a sense of the size of the operation. But for our listeners, could you sort of talk a bit about the size of uh, Crunch? Crunch is um, one seventy to one eighty team member business. We have eleven thousand customers. Um, we have. Uh, um, a nice growth level uh, in the business where we're continuing to grow and I think next year we'll grow at a far more aggressive uh, um, pace that would make Crunch particularly attractive um, you know as, as a business um, mm-hmm. we've been running for um, some 11 years uh, but yeah it's it's a it's a, a fairly in the world of accountancy. It's it's a it's a very big practice. Eleven thousand customers is is a significant practice, and you know I'm not an accountant. I have to stress this uh, that I, I entered this world to challenge this this space, and I had no reference as to whether I was doing well or we were we were growing or how do we compare with the rest of the market. Uh, until we actually got a call from Accountancy Age, who run the top 100 by revenue, uh, and we'd figured many years ago in the ones to watch, uh, and we came in 114th, uh, and then the next year we were 97th, and then we were, you know, and uh, then the last figure I think we we were on was 63rd before the uh, the journalist was communicating with an old person in the marketing team who had since left, and we suddenly jumped out this year, but we've we've jumped up the chart. Uh, and it's been quite, uh, it's, it's a nice reference point to see. Okay, excellent. Just fill us in a bit about your background before you started Crunch. You mentioned your business before Pure360, yeah. um, but just if you can sort of start from the beginning, because I think it's always interesting to our students to know about, well, you know, when you, when you were that kind of age, what were you up to? What were your aspirations and how did your career pan out? Um, well, as a student, I, I wanted to go to uh, university. I went to Brighton College, uh, the, the, the engineering, the tech uh, uh, thing. I did an H&D and got distinctions galore. And I was meant to go on and do a, a, a master's, and I never quite did that. So I went to join uh, a telco firm called Mercury Communications, which came out with a one-to-one phone. Um, and, yeah, that whole corporate history jarred with me. I didn't quite seem to fit... Um, I could talk to people so I was a technical person and I was put into it as a sales engineer and had big accounts like Marks and Spencers but I was always yearning to, to be creative. No one listened to my creativity and my ideas of solving problems in, in, the, in the business. Corporates were, were very corporate. Um, so it got to about, um, it was 99, did a bit of travelling in Australia and as I travelled back I, I, I was like, there's no way I'm going back into corporate world, I'm going to set up my own business. And my, my first business idea was, um, and I believe in momentum and having to test ideas, and this is the, this is the big point I would want to make to, to everybody, don't wait for that magical idea because it will not come along, just go with an idea that feels, feels good, a gut feeling. So my idea, which everybody will love uh, and laugh at no doubt, is, was called partytastic.com. And it was a party portal that enabled you to send your invites out, uh, SMS out automatically, handle the RSVP, upload your videos and photos of, of that party. And of course, a year in, um, it didn't make any money, but it made a bit of money. Uh, and 
and uh, I remember sitting on my sofa in my little tiny one bed flat above an antique shop in Battersea going oh dear I've really copped this up <laughs> uh, and I had picked up a book called Boohoo uh, which is that boo.com story uh, having burnt through 139 million in nine months and thinking no I haven't made a mistake here I've only spent 40k um, wait a minute, couldn't other people use this email and SMS marketing engine that I'm using for events? Could businesses use that? And that's exactly when the idea, the original idea was transported. And in fact, the same limited company, so the losses I picked up for Pure Promoter Limited was converted into Pure 360. Um, and uh, um, very quickly, well, after I set up in a, in a little bungalow, uh, uh, near Baswick, which everybody will be familiar with, um, and the front was converted into the, uh, uh, the 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 big office, and I had a bedroom, and the program, and the UX designer had another another bedroom. Uh, my first customer I, I got on board was Levi's uh, through their agency, which was wow. a massive massive coup. Uh, I was about to be bankrupt. In all all confession, <laughs> I was burning ten thousand pounds a month. Of money didn't have, but I was so determined not to go back to um, a world that didn't believe in or, or you know, almost honour creativity. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I was determined to create something myself, and we created an email marketing engine that had to be picked up by one of the biggest brands at the time in the world, mm -hmm. uh, and that's exactly where it started. Uh, okay. So, so um, yeah, the, the 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 biggest thing is persistence and uh, and. And don't get stuck with the, the mundane. And do you still find it easy to satisfy that creative urge these days? Um, it's hard. It's harder um, because you can't keep coming up with new products. You can keep innovating the products, so we can keep doing stuff within Crunch uh, to keep innovating. Um, the innovation is slowed by money, and we're working with our own cash flow. And this is probably one of your other questions: how I've actually done this, and this has been done. Uh, bootstrapped really and this is my second business no VCs no big investors just my chairman uh, and uh, who, who sold eBay Europe he happens to be a big a big chap but he's, he's fairly hidden away and the guy who created eBay with his brother Michael oh, who wow. sold that for 850 million dollars to AOL sometime back but again they didn't pump in too much money so crunch to date, uh, which is in excess of a 10 million turnover business, which is profitable, has no VCs, no investors, and we've done all of that on probably a total of 1.2 million right at the beginning. Okay. And what have been the challenges associated with that approach, that bootstrapping? Has it sort of slowed your growth? Or? Um, it probably has slowed the growth, but I think if we'd actually got uh, VCs, and I have uh, five to six, probably eight um, VCs or investment firms desperate to, to, to talk to us, Every week, uh, and that said, without any any, any ego, because I don't, you know, I think you can waste so much time on investors, uh, and and my big belief is you prove this on your own money. So, uh, Crunch used two hundred and fifty k of, of my money, which is a lot of my money I made from Pure Three Sixty right. sale, um, and that's that's absolutely it, it, it's almost the de facto way I, I would tell anybody to actually build up a business. Don't get investors in, certainly not the seed stage. Um, so we've lived off our cash flow, which we generate a lot of cash here. So we've been everything's been brilliant, but to, over the last couple of years, we could have done with some money. We've seen a couple of investors. It hasn't worked out for various reasons, and probably for the right reasons. And because we we created such a strong business, because we don't have uh, any painful investors who can you know hold a gun to our head, the bank absolutely loves us. So. Um, 
with that I'm allowed to mention uh, bank names. Uh, sure. I, 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 Barclays have been stunningly supportive, uh, and we we've taken some some uh, debt from them, which has been in a most amazing rate, and they are they've been brilliant. So we've we've carried on growing out our, our system. Hence, when you I go, gave you the guided tour, uh, we went past the transformation uh, team. So we're building. Uh, taking our old system to a brand new org and we can start using all the latest uh, capabilities uh, and the ability to collect money from customers instantaneously via an email link which sounds you know like today anyway but we've, we're still operating on a 10 year ago ago some parts of our business were operating you know uh, like 10, 10 years ago type technology uh, in terms of our payment systems we've got direct debit across all of our customers which saves a fortune but um, yeah in answer to your, to your question yeah, it probably has slowed us, but I, I uh, fundamentally guarantee that we would have been shot and pushed out the back door by any VC along the journey because it wouldn't have quite hit the growth levels uh, right. So um, the cost has been um, slightly slow, but we're still here. We've got an incredibly strong business. Uh, the cost maybe has been me having almost burnt myself out uh, in, in trying to do this with no money, no team. Uh, um, now I have a fantastic team, uh, but yeah, it's it, like there's there was one point about five years in where I back to back Pure Three Sixty into Crunch, uh, and I got to maybe it was maybe a year three of Crunch. I got it up and running. I got I got us into the black, and I said to the to the board, I'm going to have to go on sabbatical, or I will, fuck, you know, keel over. You know, I wasn't sleeping much. I was burning a lot of my money. Uh, well, I had burned a lot of my money. So um, that's the cost. So you've got the two two things. You take a massive risk with an investor that might, you know, shoot you in the head and push you out the back door, mm. um, or you do it yourself. And I, I think the do it yourself thing is the is, is the greatest test. You, I've got complete control now as to who comes in. You know, almost at what valuation I want. I can't go and pick and choose a high, stupid valuation, but a fair valuation. So you're not giving too much of the pie away now. Right. Right, excellent. Okay, just to rewind slightly to when you had Pure 360, just yep. fill us in on the gap between, well, the transition of, of you moving your attention to crunch. So you sold Pure 360 at some stage. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think it gets to seven to eight years uh, and you've, you've got an itch as an entrepreneur. Um, I, got, I was very worried about email marketing. Uh, it, it didn't take much for you, for a customer to uh, lie to us uh, and send out to a batch uh, um, of IP addresses that would take that set of IP addresses down. So suddenly you had a deliverability problem. Uh, it felt a bit of a dirty world, although we were avidly uh, anti-spam. So I was looking for something else and, uh, and the guy who did our email templates, his best mate was an accountant. They'd had an idea uh, to create uh, a software uh, as a service for freelancers and contractors model. Uh, they imagined it would work on a desktop PC underneath that desk and it would just churn away. Um, so, but they'd been kicking around the idea for a year and I went, no. So I remember meeting with them at Bill's uh, restaurant and, and mapping out the whole piece of how you'd actually create a scalable um, you know, online accounting system. But more importantly, I wanted to solve the accountancy piece, which I thought was broken. And I think out there, it's still broken. Uh, a lot of accountants do still do exactly the same thing. Don't scale, don't deliver a fantastic service. Uh, in the early stages, when they got tiny amount of customers, of course they, they provide a great service. So um, yeah, I wanted to solve all of that in one go, which was maybe too much. Um, and we started in 2007. 
I agreed with my board to, to, to sell and I sold just before taper relief ended, which was a, a discounted tax rate. Um, I think it was about the uh, 4th of April 2008, signed on the dotted line, picked up my only possession, which was my Herman Miller chair, which I treated myself to, carried it across the road and I had um, the business operating directly opposite. That's no one had really, really known. I had told, told them I was doing accountancy, but they all went there. Boring. Right. So, uh, um, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was building up slowly and we were sitting within um, you know, the accountant's practice. So that was a fantastic place to, to, to build it. Very quickly, we realised that the, um, the differences between the old thinking of, a, of a, an accountancy practice and the way I wanted to present accountancy was all already causing friction within, within the, that practice. So I, I moved it up to Ship Street in, in central Brighton um, and we built a young, modern uh, team of accountants, account managers with all of the technology to go around it. Right. So there's the transition and I think it was about, oh, I think it was again it was in April, uh, April the 8th 2009 we actually launched um, crunch uh, on the phone and I was the only salesperson um, uh, calling away and, and, and what I'd actually done is I built a community site called Freelance Advisor to uh, put loads of content out there which I was promoting and, and, and presenting out there to build a name and it was sponsored by Crunch, this unknown uh, online accountancy firm. So the second we went live I had a, an interested list of people uh, to call um, and about, I think it was about month three, um, our PR team somehow managed to get us onto the drive time show on Chris Evans on Radio 2. Uh, I was on the radio for three minutes um, and afterwards checked and it was a, had a listenership of five million people uh, and suddenly all the calls came in. So I think I, over, the, over the next couple of days I, I spoke to 250 people who'd had very painful experiences with accountants upping the price, disappearing, making massive mistakes and they wanted to find a new modern way of, of getting accountancy and that's exactly that point um, after a good couple of years of spending all of my, my money investing into Crunch that I realised the idea was probably viable. I see, I was going to ask you about how you knew that this business model was going to work but that's, that's great. Yeah, so it seems like this, your customer engaged with this, the idea of someone disrupting this marketplace would you say? I, I'm what sorry the, the customer that you were yeah. uh, talking to when you were yeah. making this they they were engaged with this idea that you were yes. putting forward of disrupting yeah. the accountancy market yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly so initially I think I think that's with within the you know the whole uh, economics out there of early adopters you know if you look uh, I was at Jeffrey Moore's crossing the chasm uh, book those are the initial customers if it's so brand new you need the early adopters to come in who have had a bad, maybe in this case, had a bad experience with, with an accountant uh, or an accountancy firm, um, want to utilise the latest technology so they can see their tax uh, lives. So uh, those are the people that, that clearly appealed to. Um, and then there was other uh, unique benefits that, that became very obvious and the fact that uh, small businesses uh, could tap into the tax benefits of uh, you know, dividends uh, and, and, and that put us into an amazing position because we were the only one in the marketplace who looked really cool, had online, had an incredibly low pricing point and, and you know at the peak um, when the tax efficiencies, uh, you know all of them were there, we were bringing in over 300 customers a month. Uh, which is, you know, an ordinary accountancy firm to put it into perspective would probably get quite excited about eight or ten new customers in that month. Three hundred and over three hundred was, was uh, you know, a staggering amount. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you talked about being the first person in the office on the phone making sales and then obviously the PR success with, with uh, Chris Evans' show. These days, how do you sell and market Crunch? What do you do? What are your biggest channels? Uh, the biggest channels are online. So uh, I'm really passionate about seeing people create business and not get stuck into into worlds or corporate worlds where they're not going to um, really enjoy uh, life, really. Uh, and that's, that was my experience anyway. So um, Freelance Advisors, originally commu- original community site, has, has morphed into Crunch Chorus. Uh, where we, you know, we've got the meetups, we've got free invoice system, we've got uh, discounts off, off of our products to help people, like the mortgage brokerage fee, um, you know, l- any help we can provide in there. But stacks and stacks of content. So um, that's uh, seeing sign-ups of eight to nine hundred, uh, and that's without any real focus on it at the moment. We're, we're we, well, we've put a lot of effort into it, but we start gearing that up. So when you get start getting to thousand. And you see a conversion from a community member that's been helped out by by Crunch, or used our free invoicing, or or taken some you know advice from another in terms of a peer to peer relationship with other community members. Those people are starting to join join Crunch, so that's good to see. Fundamentally, though, the the main channel is uh, customer referral, so it's fifty percent, and uh, and, uh, and you know, we keep checking all the figures, and it's remained consistent throughout the years. Fifty percent client referral rate is, is our number one channel, okay. um, followed up by the sales team out there and the sheer ranking through working really hard on with a genuine intent of putting up freelance advisor and all this content. Uh, we according to, to a couple of sites with something like there's, there's zero or sage zero and then us in traffic so now the job is to get more and more people help more and more people into the community get them to join as membership and then see a conversion through that but a lot of people call a lot of people um, you know ask for a quote so yeah 50% client referral and 50% by the sales team okay okay and is that referral uh, incentivized? To, to it is, to, yeah, yeah okay. of course. Yeah, no, we want, we want, I've always said uh, thank you. I mean, I used to, <laughs> right at the beginning, say uh, take people out for lunches um, that had referred their friends over, and of course that became a bit <laughs> prohibitive. Uh, well, certainly my belly was uh, starting to show the signs of lots of pub pub grub, mm-hmm. um, and then we, we said let's call it Amazon uh, Amazon vouchers, and that that worked brilliantly to say thank you to people for yeah. genuinely wanting to refer in Crunch. Okay. Um, just talking about your life as a business founder, give us an idea of what a typical working week looks like for you. you know, what are you up to this week, for example? Uh, this week, um, we are planning for next year, which is uh, from April onwards. Um, and, excuse me, there's, there's yeah, lots and lots of planning in that uh, to get the figures that we want to, to go for, um, all the target levels. Uh, what innovations we're going to put in? Uh, do we actually need to raise any more money to do all the technology builds? So it's 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 planning, planning, planning. Is so lots of meetings. Yeah, it is. I try not to have lots of meetings because I think uh, you can just get carried away and you don't end up achieving anything. So I have lots of desk time where I'm thinking uh, about tuning stuff. Um, I, I think I still suffer from. Um, the fact I'm the original founder and the main, the main uh, you know, sort of shareholder is that I can spot stuff that is not, I can see not working well. So I will dive in and point things out to people. Or get, I will get involved in those meetings, like just testing on churn. Uh, you know, how what's that process there? Um, what's happened with this new product innovation? So I will I will dive back into the old, but mainly it's on it's on planning. Okay. 
Um, any entrepreneur that wants to grow their business, for most of them, at some point, they've got to consider bringing other, getting other people involved, so employing staff. What are your What can you share with us in terms of tips around that and your experiences of hiring? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Um, you've got to start off with a core base of people. Um, so that, that that's that's the first thing. Um, you know, and, and often I try and get those people in. I think that I might there may have been some some progressions in learning there. So the Pure Three Sixty and Crunch, I surrounded myself with all key people and, and given equity stakes out. So that is no pay, um, jam tomorrow, not jam today, uh, and, and that's seemingly worked well. It certainly worked well in Pure 360. In Crunch, um, what I found is, is, is that I got people with existing businesses uh, and there was a tug of war between that business and getting involved in the jam tomorrow thing. So I think, the, the, I think that model still works well, but I would, I would employ a vesting uh, thing. So I think the equity route, dividing it out. So um, you know, if, you've, if you've got an amazing programmer you want to get on board, uh, who wants to be the CTO, then you give them say 10 or 20%, but you allow it to vest over three years. So if they keep delivering their, their time in, they will get that full 20% there. So that's, that is a really clever way of not, I will do anything to do a lean startup versus try and raise a load of money and, and, and sort of hand it out day one. That's not a clever, clever, clever way of doing things. So you build up your team, and I, I would suggest that equity routes is a very, very clever way before you ever have to, to start uh, employing people. Um, you need your, your key people, you need your finance person, you need your sales person, which is hopefully the entrepreneur, but maybe if it's a university student, they might be the CTO and not be so so outwardly facing, and be, but be utterly brilliant at creating the code. Uh, in that case, they need to go and find the, the sales uh, person to, to, to build the loud voice piece and, and, and you know, do the, all the commercial work. So look at all the key positions, you know, the, the commercial person, the finance, the finance person is incredibly key because at the right point you'll never ever get any money if you can't even demonstrate your figures or your forecast or your growth potential of the business. So think about those key positions. Uh, I think the, 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 the most basic book out there is The Beer Mat Entrepreneur, uh, which gave the, the key five positions to surround yourself with. If you've got those, you don't need to employ anybody for quite a while. Uh, but everybody must muck in. Um, right. And what about retaining staff? Any tips around that? Uh, retaining staff is, um, is about, for me, creating an amazing culture. So, uh, Crunch, we've, uh, you know, I always um, would run off down the road in Hove and go get them a small batch of coffee uh, every morning until I couldn't afford it anymore because it was my money. Uh, on Fridays I'd buy everybody a drink out of my money and that would get ridiculously expensive for me. We didn't have an expenses budget. Um, but really to look after people. So we still have, it's, it's less of a, a full-on vibrant noisy uh, atmosphere, although sometimes it can be when you know, I should, as, I, as I walk you around. Mm. In the old perfume factory, uh, it was high, high ceilings, uh, it had a, more of a startup feel than, than the, the place we're in now, which is, uh, is, is, is an ex Amex office, but very, 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 uh, very pretty. So, we, uh, yeah, it's about creating that really powerfully strong culture. And, and on our quarterly presentations, I'm, I'm still to this day handing out five year anniversary uh, uh, presents. And it might be, it was the idea it was meant to be a watch and you inscribe, you know, with love from Crunch or something cheesy like that. But I've been wheeling out. 
bikes with kiddie uh, seats on the back and uh, Xboxes and Playstations and you know all those sort of things to say thank you to that to those, those people so I think all the original team members have now uh, I think we've still got some some original team members just thinking about like our, our you know our, our architect um, and, and quite a few of the tech tech guys there they so love crunch and what's being created here and it's it's not your normal coding either it's double entry accounting which is even more more complex but yeah we just seem to keep the staff but yeah now we're 11 years in that the others have just had to go to somewhere else otherwise they become institutionalized crunch <laughs> <laughs> um thinking about your sort of personal qualities um what do you think sort of drives your success as a founder and and, and do you notice any kind of like commonalities when you meet other business founders in terms of their their attitude, their you know, their kind of like uh, perspective on life, uh, or, yeah, I think or skill set. There's so many different different types out there. Uh, a lot of the my peers are driven by money uh, and prestige, uh, and that's not me. I love I love to create things, um, and that that's probably my biggest driver. This love. Uh, love of business um, uh, and again without wanting to sound cheesy I absolutely love creating things um, and that can be painful uh, later on when you've got a very operational business you can't create too many brand new things in there otherwise you'll you, know, you won't you won't make make any money but um, that's that is probably the the strongest suit of, uh, of you know skill set um, sheer persistence never give up uh, there have been too many times, certainly in the early days when I was burning 35k of my money a month, which felt horrendous. I wasn't sleeping, where I could have very easily have just walked down the station pub in Hove and climbed into a barrel of San Miguel uh, and, and not got out. Um, but you just like wait on to the, the next hour and then something else positive happens. So you just keep persisting through, uh, and I'm yeah, still here uh, 11 years on. Um, and it's, it's, it's continually about surrounding yourself with, with excellent people uh, and, and carrying carry on growing. Okay. And what about just sort of more generally, any general advice and tips that you'd give to a student thinking about starting their own business? Like, where should they start? Um, well, it's, it's, it comes back to the idea is that, is that want to, to do something. Uh, and I love seeing people um, go and create things. But again, don't get stuck on uh, the idea. It doesn't have to be an amazing, groundbreaking thing that's d never existed out there. If it doesn't exist out there, be concerned. Now, I've done things that don't exist out there, and it's taken many years to educate the marketplace. So find something that feels pretty good and just go and do it. Just do it, uh, and it's all about momentum. Uh, and often, as you heard with uh, Party Tastic, <laughs> that could be a better example of starting with something, believing the idea, but knowing it's not quite perfect, but just not wanting to go back to a corporate world and keeping on um, persisting at it and then going, ah, it can be used in this way. So uh, you call it pivot, pivot points, uh, but there's, once you're doing something and you've got momentum, You've got a little team around you. The real idea often jumps out right in front of you, um, and you know I've I've been looking at I've been always wanting to learn to fly. I've realised it's very very expensive. I almost can't afford to do it. So uh, we've been looking at a project to actually make an affordable way of, of doing it on the ground, um, and instantly <laughs> that's turned into a business uh, idea where you think well you can help so many other people learn to fly. So. Um, just do it, just get the idea, don't get hung up by it, it has to be amazing or unique, 
See, it's probably even better if it's in a like I pick old boring worlds accountancy and you know direct mailing was effectively what Pure went into but done with email and done on spammy. Go into that market and and just scour all the competitors. Who who is in this space? How can you be better? Can you be better on the pricing point? The the the, the service delivery. Um, do you need? Uh, you know, people to, to serve it up, or can it be served up with technology? You know, how can you innovate in that area? So, get an idea and go for it. Don't be stuck with the mundane. Okay, um, just sort of coming towards the end now. Could you, if you wouldn't mind, just share with us your happiest day as an entrepreneur? What do you remember as being the, the best day you've ever had? Um, well, I think the sale of, of Pure was was a nice point, although it wasn't. I wasn't that excited about having a big check in, in my hand, I was excited about doing the next thing. Okay. Um, and and the, the happiest times, I think, are in that startup uh, phase, when you're creating something fresh. I absolutely love that, and I, just before Christmas, with this, this flying idea, um, I got so into it, uh, and then like, whoa, whoa I have to I have to slow slow down, because I'm still in crunch, and normally my role is one one business at a time. Um, so I think for me, I, I love the the startup phase where you're truly creating something brand new and you're tuning it and you're playing with it and you're getting set the pricing point. You're talking to the first customers. That's that's a really really good point. So uh, yeah, I don't think anybody should just dream of that day they get that big check handed over because it's 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 not as nice as you think it is. It's a bit it's a bit more of a flat moment. Right. Unless you're going to go and do something good with that that money. Uh, is not to go off and sail off into the sunset. So yeah. Did you do anything immediately extravagant when you got that check? Uh, well, I put 250k down on the table to do crunch, which yeah. was uh, which you won't find many entrepreneurs do because I don't believe in getting uh, you know the VCs or the investors uh, in. So that was uh, probably a slight mistake because I didn't have any break. I did them back to back and overlapped uh, for some time. So that's that's certainly how to. Uh, uh, um, you know, sort of really tie yourself out to try and do that. So I, I'd advise having a little bit of a break, but you know, if you're on a roll, you've got to go on a roll. Yeah. Just to keep things real, tell us about your worst day as well. What's a really bad? What do you remember as being a really bad day for you? <laughs> there's been some. Uh, there's been some special days. I think. I think it's uh, when when you. Uh, run your energy low uh, and, and it's those days that I, I've mentioned where the uh, solution which isn't a good solution uh, is to go to the pub and, and just drown your sorrows you know you've got uh, various issues in building up a, well so many issues in building up a business uh, and, and, it, and it can get to you so you've got to like make sure you do something to look after yourself and, and the well-being is really really key so yeah the lowest days have been it's got it's just got too much and got on top of me mm. you know you let you, you know the early days you let uh, uh sleep become an issue because your brain is firing at all cylinders and it's not until uh you know uh my my age now after two startups that you realize that uh you need to do exercise every day. Uh, I did yoga because it happened to be next door, and that was that was probably one of the best things I ever did. I've been doing transcendental meditation, which is amazing. It's, it's perfect for me with a brain that's uh, I could walk down the street and I've already had ten ideas, which becomes a stress in itself, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, yeah, so 
yeah, those are the, wor- the worst days are because I've let myself, I've not looked after myself, I've just been focusing on the business. Mm-hmm. So don't ever let that happen. Look after yourself uh, and, uh, and you can keep an even, even energy run rate. So that was Darren's story. To find out more about Crunch, go to crunch.co.uk. And the best way to keep track of Be Purple is to go to bepurple.co.uk and sign up for our newsletter. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook using the account name UOBBPurple. That's B-E-E-P-U-R-P-L-E. Thanks for listening.